0: Hey, this is Sammy Reinstein, and you're listening to Conversation Starters. On this show, we talk all about bringing conversations back to B2B marketing and selling. Because if there's one thing we know about doing business in the revenue era, it's that the best customer experience wins. Through the power of our own conversations with drifters, customers, and special guests, we'll learn how to deliver a sales and marketing experience that puts the buyer first. Let's get into it. Elizabeth. It's the first episode of Conversation Starters.
1: Yay! I'm so excited. What a way to start off 2022.
0: 2022. New year. New marketing (laughs) strategies.
1: Year of the conversation.
0: Oh, I love that. Year of the conversation. By the way, everyone, the other voice that you're hearing here is Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a podcast producing extraordinaire. And she produces many of Drift's podcasts, but we also get to have her on this one. And we get to chat at the beginning and the end of episodes and have some great conversations.
1: Yes. Thank you for such kind words, Sammy. I'm so excited to be here and to be on the airwaves.
0: On the airwaves. Two years ago, I was on the airwaves talking about conversational marketing, and a lot's changed since then.
1: Yes. Not only is this our first time back in the studio in two years, but also just how we think about conversations in business in general. I think we've realized that conversations goes even beyond marketing and sales, but it really impacts every part of business, B2B or B2C.
0: Yes, absolutely. And you may have gone a sneak peek or cheated a little bit via the name of this podcast, but... As we've been thinking about conversations and chatting about this podcast in general, it really came down to conversations being the new B2B currency.
1: Everything starts with a conversation, right? Whether it's that initial discovery call, the pass off from sales to CS, just browsing a website, conversations are everywhere.
0: It's important that you're there and have a really buyer-centric mindset so that You can continue to have meaningful, trusted conversations, and ultimately, that drives revenue.
1: For sure, and especially in this digital first world, it matters more than ever. Even thinking outside of a sales process, if I just slacked you and was like, I need this, I need that, but didn't understand your priorities and what you were doing day-to-day, That would be a really inefficient and unfair way to work. So we need to think about it for everyone we talk to.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of people we're going to talk to, I can't wait. We're going to have a lot of experts on this podcast talking about conversations throughout many different processes and all different departments and how it can work for your business. And today we have a super special guest, David Kim. Elizabeth, do you want to talk to them a little bit about David?
1: Yes, David is the Director of Sales Productivity and Enablement at Drift. He's been here for about two years now, and he is here to talk to us all about how he works with our sales team to bring conversations more into their sales cycle, how it impacts their productivity, how they work day to day, and just share the best practices he's found.
0: I love it. All right. David Kim first episode conversation starters let's we go. go David thank you so much for coming on the first episode of conversation starters
2: I am excited and honored to be the first guest thank you so much for having me here Sammy
0: Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what you do at Drift
2: Sure yeah so I'm the my name is David Kim I'm the senior director of global field operations Productivity team. Um, global field operations at Drift means the sales org as well as the post-sales org, so the customer team, as we call it. Um, I was previously a solutions consultant at Demandbase and Marketo, so that Um, sort of have my focus a lot in product and Drift is a very product focused company as well as a customer centric company. So it's been a great match for me to come to Drift, really learn about the product, the future that we envision our founders envision. And my role here is to really translate that, um, What product team is creating in terms of understanding customer needs and translating that to the sellers so they can easily understand digest and be able to have those conversations with our customers and prospects easily and show that value very, very clearly.
0: A lot of the things that we talk about at Drift, we talk about the old way of selling and the new way of selling. Can you talk a little bit about that and the big shift that you've seen in sales over the past few years?
2: Sure. Um, I think the old way of saying is, where well, we can easily call it a little bit more seller-centric, right? So mm-hmm. as opposed to thinking more about the customers and the buyers themselves, it's a lot of a push method from the sellers, right? Um, so that I think everyone can kind of take a guess at it. It's a lot of marketing effort of advertising and sellers pounding the phone and emailing, a lot of cold emails and calls, um, trying to get a live body on a call or an email response so they can start putting them into a cadence and start talking to them uh, in a way um, or just, you know, annoy them to the death. But (laughs) I think the new way of selling is where the buyers have a lot more control over their journey, right? Um, Everything is in digital now and digital transformation is continuing to happen in a lot of companies. Even some of the older sort of industry, like the, let's just say, energy or oil, they're all adopting into transforming into digital. And the reason is because it's, more and more common for us to do research before we actually go in there, right? Um, I think easy example I can give is, If you're buying a car back in the day, you just kind of have to go to the car shop and talk to a seller and just listen to their spiel and slap on the hood a little bit and do a test drive, see if you like it or not, and go through the whole thing. However, now, most people do a lot of research before they go in there. Who's paying how much for this car? Can I get a better discount? What can I do as a lever to negotiate? People do a lot of research before they go in to buy a car. Um, And it's the same thing in the B2B world, especially in Uh, SaaS products like this, where it is solving a specific problem and trying to improve their business. That research is very in-depth, especially because the market is also very saturated with so many technologies. There's 8,000 plus marketing technology um, in the market right now. So it's very hard for buyers to really understand or Um, get acquainted with one seller and try to go that route. They'd want to know what the options are and really do their research first. So in a new way of selling, it's really keeping in mind that the buyers are smart and buyers are going to do their research and they're not going to just listen to the sellers and just kind of, hop on the car and say, all right, I think this is the best choice that I have. They're going to do a lot of research and they're going to make their choice to say, but do I want to talk to this person or not? And uh, one last point on that is it's not just about the product, right? It's also who I'm buying from. Um, I myself have been in the buying seat a few times now um, since I switched roles from solution consulting to uh, productivity. And when you're in the buying seat, it, it is very interesting and daunting. Um, I've been preaching about how to sell and how to talk to the buyers for a long time. And once I got into the buying seat, it was very interesting to really feel that pressure of I'm about to use a lot of company money and this has to turn into something. And if it doesn't, I'm going to look really bad. I might lose my job. Is this going to be okay, right? All those thoughts kind of come up. Um, And that's when the sellers really come in. I need to be able to trust the sellers. And I think that's part of the new way of buying, especially in the digital world for B2B purchases.
0: I love that you bring up, it's not just the product, it's also the seller. The seller has to be a completely trusted advisor. And a lot of that starts from an initial conversation. And a lot of the times we call that maybe a discovery call or a discovery Mm -hmm. conversation. How do you train reps to have a successful discovery conversation?
2: Um, there's a lot of those old sayings, right? Two years in one mouth uses proportionally, right? Um, and I think that's the biggest takeaway when you're thinking about discovery or just having a conversation with the buyer. Um, there are many things that go into it, but when I'm training the reps, it's really focusing on the customer itself, right? So at Drift, we use a sales methodology and it's been very effective in terms of really putting the customer front and centered, right? Um, so, easiest way i think i can put it into sort of a framework is really understanding what's happening today where do they want to go or where they wish what's the desired state right and what's preventing them from going from what's happening now to their desired state and then as a seller really understanding the products and services that we're selling and trying to see is there an overlap is there an area that we can actually help this person so um another sort of a comparison that i can easily make is going to a doctor's office right if the doctor's just pushing a bunch of prescription at you and you have no idea why um they didn't even ask you a couple, they only asked a couple questions like so what's going on you have a headache oh here's a pill right it's like okay do you know where this headache is coming from you're going to have a lot of questions and not have much trust with this doctor but if the doctor's asking a lot what are you eating how much sleep are you getting do you drink are you drinking enough water do you work out they ask these questions to pinpoint what the actual problem is and explain those i think those are my The good doctor's experience is when they actually explain the things and here's a hypothesis, do you agree? And then once they get the agreement, here's a couple different options that I'm going to prescribe that you should be able to take home with. One is not taking any medicine. Second is taking medicine. Third is taking medicine plus something else, something like that, right? Um, And I think it applies for B2B selling very, very well also. If you're getting into a call and you're pushing how awesome my product and my service and my company is, All the buyers hearing is how cool you are without understanding what I need. And um, that's where sellers lose a lot of trust and the opportunity to be that trusted advisor, right? So in terms of training for the discovery conversation, it's one... Really understand the products and services that we're selling and what kind of problem we're really fixing and what that looks like for the customer. And then two, when you get on that call, really talking and asking those right questions. So you have the right to talk about our product and services. I think that's the most important piece is really feeling and understanding that you have to earn that right to talk about ourselves because otherwise you're just another talking head, another, you know, seller trying to sell something as opposed to trying to fix my problem.
0: Absolutely. I love that comparison too with the doctor. It reminds me of in middle school when you go to the nurse and you're like, I have a headache and they give you like a bandaid for your knee or right. no matter what, they give you Advil just as the blanket. Right. Like here's here's yeah. what you need. And when you have someone really sitting you down and explaining something, it makes you feel special. It makes you feel Absolutely. good. And that's something else in sales and marketing that we talk about a lot is making sure you really know the buyer and that you're using that in your conversation. I wonder if you can talk to me a little bit about personalization and how we at Drift use personalization to make sure that we are having the most meaningful conversation with our buyers.
2: Personalization is probably one of the most important thing, especially in B2B buying, right? Or B2B selling, um, so to speak, right? Um, And the reason is because, again, so many of us, including myself, are used to these personalized experiences whether we like it or not, right? Unless you're completely cut off and off the grid and you're just using internet with, you know, VPN set up and making sure that nobody can track me. And that's also a bad experience. I'm getting a lot of weird ads when I do that, right?
0: Exactly. Um,
2: how it, yeah. But when it's personalized, yes, it's a little creepy. But if we really understand the fact that these are just data passing through and the algorithm kind of trying to surface up the things that matter to me, uh, there are times I do appreciate it where it's like, oh, I did need that. It is kind of creepy. However, what are my options here? And um, it's a it's a more enjoyable experience in terms of that buying experience, right? And when it comes to B2B selling, I think it's the same thing. And um, the more research you do and more value hypothesis you can build on the customer you're going to talk to and or you're reaching out to is when you really get um, the result that you are looking for as a seller. Um, again, using my own example of being in the buying seat, I get hit up all the time with, Cold emails and outreach emails, right? And there are so many times that if I did have enough time a day, I'll probably reply and tell them three to five pointers of how they could have better caught my attention, right? Because the only thing that they caught my attention with is the bad email, right? You can tell it was a mass email that went out. Sometimes it just has the bracket of first name on it, hi, first name, and then the messaging, right? Um, And it's just not a good experience. And the Times that I think the sellers worry a little bit is being too creepy. However, if you really think about how to use the information that you have at hand, on uh, your hand, um, and utilize that in the right way, it can be so powerful in terms of catching that person's attention, having a meaningful conversation with that person digitally, whether that's on a chat or on an email or even on a phone. Um, and the other side appreciates it, right? Um, one of the Good email subject line, I guess I got is uh, when I was at DemandBase, we were hiring a lot more, and this SDR definitely did the research, and the subject line said um, something along the lines of along the lines of enabling salespeople faster. And I said, okay, this is interesting, so I clicked on it, and it was an SDR. It was not reach email, but he did a lot of research and said, hey, I noticed you're hiring this many people. Um, our product helps this way in terms of enablement, so it was one relevant to my job. Two, relevant to what's happening at my company. Three, I was shocked that this person did enough research and was able to put it in a very short format of an email to reach out to me that way. So that was a very good experience for me. Hey, this guy definitely cares about what I'm doing and is trying to think about what my life looks like today and trying to see if they can help me, right? Um, So when a receiver gets an email like that and have that experience it starts that conversation, right? It's much better and easier for me to say, all right, I'll play ball with this, right? Let's see what you got. And I'll reply and say, okay, I got 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, can we do this? And they're gonna start pushing a little bit. Well, I don't, we do 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, But in terms of, I guess the reason conversation is so important is because if you know how to carry that conversation, it is a little bit of a tit for tat and it's a little bit of a song and dance in the very beginning, but it's an enjoyable song and dance as opposed to something that you wanna get out of, right?
0: Right. And part of that is being a personable seller. And we've seen more and more that becoming less formal in a way, right? Mm -hmm. Using chat, using maybe text. What are some successful ways you've seen sales rep carry on the conversation in a new way that has really helped them accelerate the deal? And David, how do you feel like the sellers at Drift are using personalization in their day to day?
2: Yeah. So at, at Drift, we definitely train them on the research part, right? Make sure you do the research, understand the company, what the company is going through, as well as what the individual is going through um, to really understand when you're doing a cold outreach, um, that is the relevant messaging that's going to be, it's going to capture their attention. And not only that, I think the huge power of Drift is the fact that when those people come back, it notifies that SDR or the rep to easily understand, oh, this is a high profile person that I've been reaching out to, that I've been doing a lot of research and they can easily apply that and reach out to them as they come back to the website. So the fact that they're coming to the website already shows that there's some kind of an interest and intent, right? Um, And the sellers can easily use that data or the information and the previously researched information to reach out and talk about those things that was brought up in the email or in a phone call, um, or for the first time, for that matter, as a person's coming to the website, hey, I've noticed X, Y, and Z, hey, your company, I saw that you're doing this and this and this, or hey, I read your article, and it was really meaningful, because it meant this and this and this for me, um, what do you think about X, Y, and Z—that's going to be relevant to conversational marketing or conversational sales. That could easily get into that conversation. Um, And again, buyers always appreciate it. They say, "Hey, I can see that you did the research. I appreciate that. Here's what's happening with me today, right?" Um, And that's thing—that's a huge win. And and that's what Drifters are doing a really good job today.
0: Yeah, and it helps move that conversation along. So once you spark that initial conversation. You have so many things at your fingertips, like, you know, video or chat or text. And we've seen sellers really adopt this, you know, instead of just formal emails or formal calls or whatever that is, there are so many technologies that are at sales people's fingertips to really make sure that the deal is continuing and they're accelerating mm-hmm. the deal cycle. How have you seen sellers adopt these newer methods?
2: Um, I think it's the fact that you can engage somebody on the website itself. Um, It's not a hard concept, but for some reason, if I may be candid, before I joined Drift, I wasn't really bought in on chat itself, although I've used it. So at my previous company, um, one of the vendors that I was researching was using Drift And it was really easy to book a meeting. And honestly, I appreciated it. It was a five minute. I just had a quick time. And I was like, I need to reach out to this vendor. And I went to the website and just, I didn't want to fill out a form and I saw the chat. So I clicked on it, answered a couple of things and then went down the road, booked a meeting within five minutes, I was done. Right. Cause at that point it's like, Hey, I don't need to do more research. I just need to hear from the sellers and hear the pitch a little bit. I'll tell them what the, the issue is for me and what I think this vendor can do for me. Um, so I didn't want to waste any more time and that was it. Um, and it was a really good experience. Now, uh, fast forward real quick to now, what i'm understanding better and what i'm seeing in the market is that customers have a lot of questions when you come to the vendor's website yes sometimes it's just as how i did it where i just need to talk to a seller but going back to the very first question you asked it's a lot about the research and as you're doing research it is impossible especially for an enterprise-grade company with multiple product line and brands and services to answer questions for every single persona that's coming on the website so the first inclination is oh my goodness can i just talk to somebody and that's when the chatbot is right there. So in terms of Drift sellers using it or the sellers in general using it in ter- uh, with the power of Drift is that here's a digital storefront called the website. I come in and there's so many things on the shelf and I have no idea how to navigate this store. I can easily talk to an associate and that's where the chat um provides that opportunity. So to me, it was almost like a new portal opened up where before everyone was just kind of sitting back watching these people just kind of walk through. I have no idea who these people are. I don't know if they're interested. I don't know if I should be talking to them to, Hey, somebody wants to talk to me and I can talk to them as opposed to, Hey, did you follow up on that email? The SLA was 24 hours and you didn't follow up. Right. And I think that's the big paradigm shift to the seller's mind in terms of understanding, um, it's not, just automating all my emails or outbound and outreaches um, and then just waiting for someone to come back. It's at the moment when somebody's in the store, you can easily have a conversation with them and see if this is somebody who needs help from me or he's just have a quick question and just provide that good customer experience at the minimum, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And David, I don't I don't think you're alone when it comes to having some trepidation over using something like video or using something like text or chat or whatever it is. But what I think about a lot is, you know, there's Sammy at work and there's Sammy at home and I use text every single day. I send videos to my friends. I'm on Instagram or Twitter or whatever And then I come to work, I'm still the same Sammy, you know, I still have all of those things in my in my toolbox that I use every single day. So it only makes sense to incorporate that into a sales process and make it as seamless as possible from all of the technologies and all of the channels that you're already used to using in your day to day life.
2: Absolutely. Yep. And I think that's a really good point with um, video also. Right. Um, I cannot believe how effective video is. Um, Again, when people reach out to me and if there's a video and if there's a catchy GIF on it, I would click on it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I do appreciate the personalization on that. So I think that um, brings in all the components of the personalization and outreach and uh, the fact that you're using more of a conversation. And with those videos, It's much easier for me to spend a minute watching a video than a minute reading an email, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I really timed it, I would, I'm pretty confident outreach emails, I don't spend more than 30 seconds on it, right? However, videos, I tend to watch it even if it's a little bit longer, as long as it's less than five minutes or less than three minutes, to be really honest, right? Anywhere between one to three minutes, I'll take the time to actually watch it because I just want to see what this person needs to say. um, And the person put in an effort to actually be on camera and explain to me certain things. Um, And similar to how you opened up up this conversation, usually good outreach videos have a bit of personalization in it. They'll ask something, hey, I've noticed X, Y, and Z love that because i did this also so, so something like that where it's going to be a little bit more relevant bring the walls down a little bit and i think video does a very effective job of that which is a portion of a conversation right or a different way of conversation
0: what do you see the best reps doing that make them stand out from others you know you mentioned the email earlier where you can get you know some impersonal subject lines and you might you know, send them back three examples of things they could do better. But what do you see as that thing that really makes Reps stand out?
2: I think it's when they do their research and they use those research information correctly, meaning you don't throw everything into one outreach email. Um, you can tell as you're having a conversation, it progresses. It's again, it's kind of like a song and dance, right? It's not immediately let's just go all the way in and go crazy and start doing breakdances but it's more so of let's be cordial let's kind of meet are we here to dance and then the little thing starts trickling out right so from the best sellers that i've seen um one they do their homework so the readiness the preparation is always there two they're regimented right so some of the outbound emails that i get it's one outbound and it stops or it's clearly a cadence to email because again It's not very personalized. It's a very high level um, email that comes in a certain period of time. And usually the third or fourth email is like, did I lose you kind of thing, right? Um, Where I can actually tell as opposed to the bestsellers who's utilizing all different channels. You can tell that they've kind of went back and looked at my social media and my LinkedIn and saw what kind of posts I made and started referencing those. Um, engagement like this, they'll listen to it and say some couple of things that they liked about it, and they don't just put it into an email. They'll try with an email. They'll start calling me. They'll send me a video, so I can tell that this person is actually making an effort. And it's not always me waiting for them to make those efforts to say like, okay, this guy is worthy of my time. It's more so we're all busy, and you get an email, and it's like, all right, whatever, and then you kind of skip over it. Unfortunately, sometimes. Um, but then the persistent re- outreach that's personalized and differentiated than some of the other sellers is I think what makes them really stand out. Um, so in short, I think it's preparation, regimen, and using multi-channel that shows the personalized effort and the fact that they really want to have a conversation with me as opposed to, I just need a lead and you're one of them.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, treating everyone like a person and making sure that you're there for them throughout the way.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, David, last question for you. For yes. anyone who is listening and they're like, oh my gosh, okay, I need to implement a more conversational approach. Where do you recommend they start?
2: Um, I want to be careful and toot our own horn, but <laughs> I got to say, as I was coming on board with Drift, the conversational sales certification was great. Um, I think that's a really good place to start. Um, I personally was blown away by the community and the insider course at Drift. um, So I would highly recommend that. And the next thing will be um, following some of the people on LinkedIn who are the sales thought leaders, right? And you'll hear the same thing at the end of the day, right? um meaning we have to personalize it you have to use it correctly and you have to use multi-channel um you have to be regimented you have to have a cadence Uh, those things will always come up making sure you're it's all about the customer and not yourself and it's not you selling it um so in terms of getting more conversation and one you have to have things to talk about to be able to be a conversational person right so and that's two parts one Know everything about myself, meaning the products and services that I'm selling and the, the customers that we're helping. And two, knowing as much as I can about the other person. So doing the research, coming up with value hypothesis, um, and using those to do an outreach. Um, and one last, I guess, thing will be if there's an opportunity, and if you're not, I think a good way of gauging it is how comfortable are you recording yourself on video? And if your answer is, I'm not that comfortable. I would highly recommend taking an improv course, even if it's like a workshop that has helped me personally a lot in terms of being in front of camera, recording myself, being okay with listening to my own voice and how much I didn't like my own facial expressions and stuff like that. Right. Um, So if you can blend those in, I think anyone can easily become a lot more conversational and um, start seeing a lot of good results if you're a seller or whoever you are.
0: Well, I have learned a lot from you today. Thank you so much for being our first guest on Conversation Starters and have a wonderful rest of your day.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Sammy.
1: All right, Sammy, first conversation in the books. I loved listening to you and David talk. You guys really riffed on sales tactics.
0: I feel like I can go try to sell something. Oh, Elizabeth. I think you could be a great salesperson.
1: Thank you.
0: I think, I truly, I think if this whole video producing thing goes south, (laughs) you have a career in sales.
1: I did do a stint in retail back in high school, so not to brag, but yeah. me and me and Loft Outlet got along pretty
0: well. Wow. <laughs> well, I used to be a top Girl Scout cookie rep. Oh. So excuse me. <laughs> truly, you know, I, I know sales. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot from David. I'm really glad that he was able to come on the podcast and teach us a thing or two. I feel like I'm gonna take it into just my normal sort of Day to day in my marketing as well. There are so many things that you know can work cross functionally in just starting a great conversation and thinking about personalization.
1: Yeah, I loved what he was saying about becoming that trusted advisor and the um, analogies he made to being in a doctor's office. Just yesterday, I went to my first acupuncture appointment ever. I'd heard good things and was like, you know what? I'll try it out and. I had no idea what it entailed, but and this lady was a complete stranger, but by the end, I like really trusted what she was doing because she explained like step by step what she was doing and why and how it would help me and make me feel better. So by the end, she was like, are you willing to try this? And I was like, yeah, sure. This sounds great. And you know what? A day later, I'm feeling great. <laughs> My lower back pain is gone, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, if I was getting needles stuck in my skin, I would also want someone to be very yeah, trusted.
1: But it's the same as, it's a weird analogy, but also the same as buying software. Like, you want to know why you need that software and why you're buying it, and like what, how it's going to help you.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It's finding the buyer's needs, the buyer's challenges, and personalizing the conversation towards them. Which brings us to introducing our next episode, which you should keep an eye out for. We are inviting another drifter onto the podcast, Sarah Frazier.
1: Yes, Sarah is the queen of content here and the queen of personalization. She's written two books on the topic. So if there's anyone that should be talking to us about it, I truly believe it's Sarah. And I'm so excited For her to share all the learnings that she's had interviewing other people, writing reports on personalization, and how she incorporates it into her content.
0: Yeah, I mean, she is the expert, not to mention just a great person to have a conversation with. So definitely keep your eyes out for that next podcast. Yes,
1: that episode will drop at 3am January 13th. So make sure to give it a listen. Not necessarily at 3 a.m., but you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Conversation Starters. If you liked this episode, please leave us a six-star review by clicking the link in the show notes. And hit subscribe so you never miss another one. You can connect with me on Twitter at SammyReinstein Reinstein and follow all of our shows at Drift Podcasts.